welcome to episode three of Conversation Matters with me, your host, Jerry Lynch. Today's guest is Matt Cooney. Matt, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about who you are, where you are, and what you're all about? Thanks, Jerry. Um, well, my name is Matt Cooney, obviously, anyway, and I'm the owner of MC Future Fitness. We are an online coaching business, and at the moment, I'm in Perth, Australia. And funny enough, there's a storm outside. Um, you would think it's all sun, but for some reason, I must have brought a storm to Perth. Um, and yeah, at the moment, I am doing a bit of traveling while still, obviously, I work full time online. So we've been traveling around Australia and visiting, visiting my sister and family at the moment in Perth. Lovely, really nice. That's great. And tell me, so how long are you, how long have you been in Perth? I'm here two weeks now. Oh, is I was that in Sydney for four weeks. Yeah, I was in Sydney for four weeks before this. Oh, lovely. Right, okay. Good stuff. You missing home yet? Not yet, no. <laughs> <laughs> the rain and the thunderstorms outside anyway are making you feel nice and welcome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel at home. So let's get stuck straight into it, Matt. And I suppose instantly, given that I'm here in Ballincolligan Cork and that you're um, across in Perth, um, so many miles away, um, is there... Is there a difference um, in the fitness industry from what from what you gather in the in the first couple of weeks between Sydney, Perth, and back home here in, in Ireland? Um, yeah, well, there's definitely. I think people here in Australia are more active in general, and I think right. that's tied in obviously with the weather and their lifestyles are more outdoors. Uh, but when it comes to nutrition, I was actually surprised at how kind of still misinformed. They are here and the, the lack of kind of knowledge, I suppose, um, just from what I've seen over the, the few weeks, you know, especially in like commercial places and that there still right. seems to be a lot of fad diets and stuff like that around. And, and is it as like, I know you say it's big, big business and it, like people are active, the weather is helping. Is the online space as big as it is here at home? Is, is it as kind of constant and current as it is here at home? Um, I think so. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it is, but again, it's just. I think the size Australia is so big compared to Ireland, um, so obviously there there is a lot, probably a lot of online coaches and people out there, um, and obviously the gyms gyms here as well tend to be a lot more, a lot bigger commercial chain chain style gyms. So you have a lot more. I think you have a lot more trainers in general here um, yes, than yes. Ireland. And would you have would you have researched, um, say Sydney now in Perth and, and wherever else is next on your travels? Would you have much did you have much idea, in terms of like a course? Let's break it down. Like online coaching can be done in any corner of the globe, and you yeah. can reach, you can still reach your clients at home and the rest of it. But did you put time into researching, the local competition within the online space? If you get me. Yeah. Um, no, I didn't really. I, I suppose. Because like online coaching, you can do it from anywhere. Um, yes. Like all my coaching would still be the base, I suppose, is, is from from Ireland uh, and around. So I suppose I, I just kind of think about serving the clients I have more so than looking too Excellent. far outside of, outside of everywhere, you know. And it's probably the right approach because maybe like, you know, it might act as a distraction. As you say, everything's bigger and bolder out there, more population. As you say, there's a good chance that means more options and everything else that comes with that. So like for you to be able to focus on, um, let's say, you know, what your foundations and what, and what you stand for and the work that you've been done when you were based, say, in Tipperary or Munster or wherever you were, it's, it's, it was probably the right choice and the right kind of approach to it that like it doesn't matter literally where you're living. The whole idea with the online space is that you can plug your laptop in in any corner of the globe, but you can reach out to the guys at home. Like, yeah, I think yeah, it it could be easy to kind of get distracted by the big, especially with online coaching. It is it is this type of stereotype where you like work on a beach and fly around the world, but that's not it at all. You know, I'm in like my sister's <laughs> upstairs in her bar at the moment. You know, I'm not on a beach working. So, yeah, I, I think as well, having, I was, I've been a full-time online coach for near two years now. I stopped doing PT. So that has kind of helped, I, I suppose, 
stay grounded and act like you know I've done Excellent. a bit bit of traveling before, so I, I kind of know what what to expect. And as you just mentioned, the Dermat, do, do you miss? I think I think it's a, it's the first question I ask a PT or a coach who's moved to the online space. Do you miss the hands-on PT? Yeah, definitely. Um, I've I could because it was a thing of I just my time and stuff is why I stopped PT. I didn't uh, I didn't essentially stop. I didn't have the plan to stop doing PT. Right. It was just our online and say our, our future fitness 56 programs that were growing and taking up more time. So it was just one of those situations where I had to kind of weigh it up and make a choice of what to do, you know, what to go with. So that's where I went with the all online full time. And um, would it be something you'd return to in the future? Yeah, definitely. It definitely would. I, I don't know in what aspect, but I definitely will like to do more, whether it's workshops or working in groups or something like something kind of in person with people you know yeah because like my my own business here in cork is now that i think of it maybe com completely the opposite to online like we're we're completely zoned into the to the you know it's a bit cheesy now but the personal approach is our is our tagline as you you might know but but the the hands-on approach you know like the person is in front of you and i just always wonder the two the two issues i had personally with online coaching is like um, the lack of, um, how will I put it? Like, if the person isn't in front of you, like having the conversation, are you missing out on on key, like, um, you know, like you know, in, in an instance where a client is is trying to tell you something or trying to communicate something, or, or do you miss out on picking up on emotions or responses? You know what I mean from an email as opposed to in person. Would you have experience with that yourself? Um, yeah, like the way I would put it to people that like personal training and online coaching is two completely different jobs, like yeah. the skill set needed for online, especially with that, like you need to have kind of things set up to make sure that you can like get to know the client, get to understand yeah. them and start to, I suppose there's a bit more psychology and stuff start to like get, understand what they're maybe sometimes what they're saying, because essentially um, like you won't always see everything in an email as they're saying, you know, sometimes you have to write, ask the right questions and know where you're going that you can kind of be able to get more information out of people, you know, whereas in person that might just come naturally in a conversation. Yeah, a hundred percent. That's exactly what I was touching on in that, like a conversation between two people, there's so much more kind of, uh, communicated and translated between the two, um, in com in comparison to like a text or an email or a WhatsApp, I always just felt that like, even maybe from the client's point of view, but but equally from the client and the coach, like you you are you're getting far more out of the the communication in person, like you know, um, and would yeah. so have you have you um kind of upskilled or have you practiced or have you looked into um areas to improve that side of your coaching to like be able to, to, to take like maximum <laughs> communication from just email, you know, what your client is really trying to get across to you and equally what you're trying to get across to your clients. Is that something you work on? Yeah, definitely. Um, it's something I'd be kind of, because of that, what we were just talking about, I kind of got a bit obsessed with kind of like, okay, how do I, know start to know more and how do i get through to people better so kind of led me down the path of like a lot more of like away from just fit, fitness and nutrition like human behavior psychology mindset stress sleep and kind of being able to i suppose the more you know about all this the more coaching becomes a whole process it's not just a here's a training plan and nutrition train nutrition plan just tell me your weight next week and then we'll see you later you know it's yeah, more of a right, we like to take a whole health holistic approach like brilliant brilliant yeah yeah and like what i love um i think if i'm right i think we've only met kind of once in person i think out in, in owen's place in Brarney a while back but i've been following yeah. for, for a long time online now and, and it's very much kind of a kind of an honest simplistic um content that you put out there um, it's easy to understand. It's easy to follow, and I'm sure like your followers can take your advice and they can implement it into their own lives, kind of, kind of effectively and efficiently. Like it, it's you have a very common theme, no matter what you're talking about, of 
um, kind of publishing, you know, they could be like scientific or they could be kind of detailed instruction, but in a very simplistic way. Um, and I've seen yeah. that team throughout your content over the months and years, and, and it's admirable, you know, it's excellent. Um, yeah. And w- uh, would you get decent feedback from, from followers and clients for, on that topic? Yeah, yeah, I would like that's something. And again, I, I kind of went with that approach and I learned it by mistake by doing the wrong things because I used mm-hmm. to be very into science and all that stuff. And what I was doing was I was putting across a lot of content that interested me, not the people that follow me. So I was talking very sciencey. And then the way I put it is I was kind of speaking Chinese to English speaking people. Yeah, yeah. But I like then I, I realized, okay, like people don't need to understand all this stuff, but if we can kind of break it down, pull it back and give them bits that they can actually use. You know, that's the way I yes. kind of approach it with my thought process. Excellent. Because like the bottom line, let's, I mean, let's call a spade a spade, the bottom, or at least what should be the bottom line for any coaching um, kind of platform or profile is, is value to your clients and your followers. And, you know, different if it's, if it's maybe a personal account and, and you're just, yeah. you know, recording bits and pieces with family and friends and what's going on in your life. But as I say, from a professional account, like I think I'm right in saying and that you'd agree, like value is the bottom line here. That's if it's not valuable, you're already on the on the wrong track as such. You know, that would be my approach with, with the few bits and pieces that I put out online. Like, yeah, you know? no, 100%, 100%. So we're going to move quickly on, Matt, because um, we could talk about social media all, all night. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, but so what I did also um, spot on your um, social media just at the top of the bio and it's really it's really impressive is that you describe yourself as a body transformation specialist and the creator as you just mentioned of this future fitness 56 program so for any listeners that mightn't be familiar with your work and, and with your um, with your nearly infamous program here because I've seen some of the results they're incredible can you give us a brief kind of rundown of what goes on in that program yeah, so um, the Future Fitness 56, it's an eight-week body transformation program. And the reason how it kind of came about was just I was always doing one-to-one coaching and I would always kind of have a waiting list. And then I basically was like, okay, how can I help more people in, in, at one time? And then that's when I created this eight-week transformation program. So it's, it is, again, centered like we do call it a body transformation program, but the body transformation, the way I put it, that's the outcome. But we're, we're really focused on is the process to get there because like, let's be honest, a body transformation is pretty easy. If we, if we give someone a rigid diet training plan and just, if they stick to it, they get results. But to be honest, like that's not what we're lo- I'm looking for. I want them to understand the why behind it to actually educate them and empower them with the tools because eight weeks is, you know, getting an eight week transformation is great, but not if it's in 16 weeks, you, you can't remember that person eight weeks ago. We want you to kind of set yourself up for, for life really with the, with the skills that we teach. Excellent. Yeah. Because if I just pick it up there, because like long longevity is, is the, the aim of the game here, isn't it? I mean, like, we, it, it's thrown around a lot now, but like, and I've spoken in previous podcasts about, about patience or the lack of um, that, that society has and the clients have, or a lot of clients that come through the door, you know, um, and kind of the, you know, the virtue or the value or the discipline of patience, I find is totally lost on some of, kind yeah. of society and the general population. Um, you know, like people take, you know, you take six months, 12 months, five years to get to a certain position in life. It's not going to be. It's not going to be undone in four weeks or eight weeks, like you know. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, that's what. Like any time we finish an eight-week program, the way I describe it, I was like, this is literally the beginning for everybody here, and the program that we run, it's a platform for you to continue on. It's not. This is not the end point. It's actually the start. And like, yeah, I just think people with patience, like managing expectations, is very important. A lot of people and. I don't know if social media has influenced this, but they just expect so much so soon. And then they don't realize, I suppose, what's involved with an actual, not just getting results, but keeping them in the long term, you know? Yeah, 100%. You're on the ball. I, I totally agree. I just, like, as I say, it's, it's not the first podcast 
um, that I've mentioned patience. It's, it's, I'm big on it at the minute. Um, just because so many people are coming through the door um, with kind of totally unrealistic time frames for, for whatever goal might be um, discussed or involved, you know. And I just totally find, like, playing the long game is the way to go here, you know what I mean? And, like, I know, you know, nine out of ten coaches are, are, are preaching that, which is great. But I just find still, like, within society that, that the message still re- isn't clicking as such. Like, there's, like, we all want... You know, if you're purchasing your flights abroad, your new car, your house, we all love we'd we'd love it today. You know what I mean? But like <laughs> to bring it back to that simplistic example, like there's a saving process involved. There's you know, you have to work before you get time off work. You've you know, there's like nothing we all it's not alien that you want it today, be it fat yes. or a holiday or a car. But like there's patience there, there's a lot of patience involved for all of these things, you know. Yeah. And I just find it's totally um it's totally lost on, on a good a good percentage of kind of society and the general population. Like so, uh, like would you find that even from your own experience in the online space in the online world, something very similar that that you know that like, you know, four weeks, eight weeks grand, but like you know, I just wanted today kind of approach. Yeah, definitely. Like the way I always say it to people is, it's just difference between instant versus delayed gratification. So, like health and fitness body composition is all about delayed gratification. So you put in the work now to see the results later. Excellent. Like we know, you know, if we, if we stick to our calories today, do a few push-ups, we're not going to wake up and look probably any different tomorrow. But if we can do that every day for six months, you're, you're looking at a different person, you know? Totally so, different person. Yeah. Yeah. And like what I'd, what I'd add to that actually is that it's the, it's the process is the enjoyable part. It's the little victories. You know what I mean? As you say, it's, mm. It's no push up to one full push up to five full push ups to ten full push ups in a kind of a an obscure example, but like that's four wins rather than one that we have to wait so long for. Like, so if we put our yeah. focus onto the short term wins, short term goals, short term achievements, the whole process entirely becomes far more enjoyable for client and coach. Like, you know. Yeah, definitely, and even that's very. I think that's very common with weight. Like, you probably get this as well. People will come to you and be like, "I want to lose two stone." And I'm like, okay, hold on, 28 pounds. If we can break that down, let's just lose one. Let's do that. And then we'll, let's do that again. And then we'll repeat that. But, you know, that's where the whole patience and coming in, like they're already looking at 28 pounds, but they don't realize to live in that body 28 pounds lighter. There is so many different things that need to change that take time to get there. A hundred percent. Yeah, you're bang on. And it, like, as I say, it just... What can be frustrating, and I'd be the first to put my hand up and, and admit it from my own coaching experience, is just the kind of um, kind of lack of understanding of that concept. And yet then if we use yeah. examples like saving for a car, saving for a holiday, it makes perfect sense to people. You know, but it's just, I don't know, would it be fair or would you agree or what are your views on the idea that that? I'm just going to bring it to home soil for for a minute, like that. The Irish society, um, are we are we still quite negative? Are we still quite kind of, you know, are we quicker to put a fella down or a girl down on some on, a, on an achievement than than build them up? You know, I I've read a nice bit, and we're always compared to maybe the states where it's a super yeah. positive environment and it's all, you know, it's it, the first option is what can I do for you? To, to better you again rather than having a dig having you know a bit of gossip a bit you know cutting them down like like there's no doubt about it that is that is a negative approach but as a society here back in ireland do you reckon it it's an issue um in relation to the fitness space yeah definitely i think it's um i don't know where i heard, I heard someone saying that like an analogy with america and kind of ireland is like if you've got a new car you'd have someone come up, you know, a flashy new car, you'd have someone in America coming up going, how did you get that? Like, what did you do? Whereas in Ireland, it's like, look at that Egypt going on that car. Like, what? He must, and then it's completely the, the different mindset, you know? But yeah, no, I do think even in Ireland, it's very, we're still just negative in, in the way we think, yeah, towards, and it's not even towards other people as well. I think it's towards ourselves as well. There's a lot more of, I think self-criticism and putting yourself down um, and the way I kind of like a big thing I like to, to 
always say is like environment dictates performance. So if you're around that environment that's negative all the time, you know, you're more likely to be to just take those negative kind of traits and thoughts yourself just because you're exposed to it a lot more. Yeah, I love what you said there about the environment. And that can be a tricky one for people because I, I've even had the experience and there's a fine line, but like with my own circle of buddies or even extended circle of friends, you know, and you might read or, or Instagram tells you, you know, um, what do they say? You're the sum of the, the sum of the five people that you spend most time with. Yeah. Like, so a good, a good percentage of my best buddies have no interest in, in health and fitness really, but certainly kind of yeah. the fitness, the fitness space um or you know working out or whatever which is totally fine it's an option and it's a it's an interest to some not to others and i always had an issue with that with that idea of kind of you know don't worry you know um you won't regret cutting people and all cutting people out and this kind of carry on and you're like they're my best buddies like i'm never ever going to cut them ever so although you're still surrounded with maybe you know the, the, the five or ten people that you're closest to and and not for a second saying they're not supportive but like they're you know they're interested in sport or socializing or just reading whatever you know um they just have different yeah. interests film tv so it's an interesting mm. one that like there's not a hope in hell i'm going cutting any of those people out yeah but yes i'm not i'm not i'm not kind of um discussing business ideas or coaching techniques or technically you know i'm not being better educated i'm not my mind's not being open to different um options all within the fitness um space um and yet you know instagram and, and one or two kind of influencers or, or experts in inverted commas are telling me geez cut those people out of your life yeah. i'd be miserable like you know i always yeah, yeah. yeah i i don't think yeah like even what you said there i i think more than cutting them out i think just make sure that you have the right influences and in in your own life and that you may I suppose you, that you have a bit more control over your environment that not that you have to get rid of them, you know, and the way I like, even for me, I'm that same boat. Like I don't, I wouldn't have friends that are really into health and fitness at all. But then for me, I just make sure I, I listen to whether it's podcasts, social media, that I kind of surround myself with kind of positive thoughts and things that I know will improve my own kind of knowledge and perspective on things, you know, and yeah. I think that's one thing we are lucky with social media, but it's using it in the right way. Does that make Absolutely. sense? Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I suppose even it was a part, it was a brilliant response to what I said in that, like audio books, podcasts, reading, you know, certain, um, profiles that you might follow, um, on social media, there's your, your daily intake of, you know the positivity and what you need to learn and what you need to read and and being surrounded by the right topics and etc and yet then i can meet the lads in the evening and switch off and not discuss exactly yeah stuff you know what i mean so as i say that's why i just brought it up because it was i all it was always just at the back of my head anytime i read that it, it seemed like decent advice and it seemed mm. like you know as i say all the experts were doing it as the way to go and not for a second was that ever going to happen in my case you know and probably in your own you know um, so and it's just, very cultural though isn't it like if they're they're just very like oh yeah just get rid of them like as if there's no yeah you know, like you just yeah. see you later guy i'm yeah, like, the that's, number that's like 20 years friendship like you know yeah. <laughs> like, no, no, just, see you tomorrow no you won't <laughs> yeah, yeah i'm not cutting it out just because they're not into quotes or like reading or like, <laughs> yeah. like new you know social media or new new um new fitness bits of <laughs> you know but uh, that was a really interesting kind of um point to make and, and i liked your response so that was great so let's move on let's go um what i was thinking next is that again i know you're abroad and it, it might be I, I guess you're only away maybe the bones of six weeks but um let's talk nutrition um as a whole and is there any kind of go-to uh, methods or kind of um approaches you take like let's talk let's talk general population okay that's going to be the most of the listeners maybe listening into this conversation so your average um joe comes in to meet you and is there is there anything you know is there any initial triggers you look for or initial consultations where like let's say where do you begin and do you plan to sign up um, and where do you begin? So usually they'd, they'd fill out a detailed questionnaire like a lot of it um is about their history as well with diet that's what i would go with 
um, seeing what they've done before and maybe what what that hasn't worked, you know, the problems they have. And then like that for a lot of general population clients, it's most have probably tried something unsustainable in the past or may have, especially when they come to you, they're obviously wanting better results. And so what they're doing isn't working at all. And a lot of that can be down to either lack of knowledge or just maybe try using unsustainable approaches. So our whole kind of concept is a sustainable approach to both training and nutrition. Um, and like what, what you'll see, what, what I see anyway, when I meet a lot of people is it's not like they do are doing everything completely wrong. It's not like someone doesn't know that an apple and bar chocolate is different. It's more so there's, there's links missing in the chain when it comes to kind of uh, if that's like all around health, you know, not just what they're eating, the trend they're doing, but their sleep, their mindset, their lifestyle, the way they're kind of set up to live. There's often maybe just two or three kind of key levers that we need to change. And that's what I would always look for is it's kind of like being a detective. And then I'd have, you know, maybe seven key pillars I'm looking for what's and then we look, okay, this client, here's the top two or three that we make these changes. It's going to give the most return for their, their time, you know? Yeah, I like that. That's an interesting approach because generally, like, we need to eat, we need to drink, and we need to move to stay alive. We're all staying alive quite well. You know what I mean? We're doing, we're, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's more basic than the basics. You know what I mean? So, like, rather than going straight in the deep end and, and tracking, calories and macros and weighing food and all this carry on like as i say initially the, the question i posed to you was general population like for me a high percentage general population should be nowhere near tracking i don't think there's any need for it i'm not sure if you agree but i figured like look at like um elite athletes bodybuilding as a sport um maybe photo shoots which are, are very kind of popular and, and current they all require Kind of intense training intense dieting tracking mm. you know numbers scales macros the whole lot but like you like general i think the term general population is thrown out a lot and and is kind of um overlooked let's say like general population like for me as i said it should be nowhere near tracking calories like yeah. you know what i mean not not as not in an entry ah, sorry excuse me not at an entry level anyway you know yeah and like even in the show notes here as well i was just putting down i was researching earlier and it was like like it's thrown out there that like losing weight and body or body fat um is easy you know i'm sure i've said it before you may have said it before we've all said it at some stage but like i've changed my approach to that because it's it's absolutely not easy and i think the mix-up for me is that the science of losing body fat or losing weight is quite simplistic you know what i mean your, your calories in calories out less in more out yeah bob's your uncle you know yeah. what i mean but like if we yeah. bring it back to the to the um the target market here and, and the general population as you as you touched on there with so many different factors to take in in, in your general life plus then maybe no experience or, or failed attempts and failed diets like it's it's the complete opposite of easy you know what I mean? So like I totally changed my approach that the science behind it and, and how it's done on paper is very simplistic and very easy. And it's quite easy to explain to a client, regardless of who's who you're talking to. But to enforce it and to implement it and to make it, you know, lifestyle changes and, and to make this happen is very, very difficult for a lot of people. And I think that's where a lot of coaches um, may be, you know, they, they emphasize the simplicity, simplicity of it. And then they lose the client as a result because it's too overpowering. It's too enforcing. Would you agree? Yeah, hundred percent. Like, really, if if fat loss was easy, I wouldn't have a job. You know? Yeah, neither. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and and the way I kind of put it, like, is fat loss is simple, but it's not easy. Like, exactly. you know, my my seven year old niece is downstairs. I could bring her up here and explain uh, calories in and out in probably one minute to her with a couple of tights. You know doesn't mean she's going to be able to lose 20 pounds, you know? And yeah. then like on, on the other side of it, like I see people out there with, they're all like PhDs in nutrition, but they can't lose weight. And it's not because they don't know 
what what to do. They know the science, but it's just their habits and their lifestyles is not set up in a way for them to actually be able to execute on what they know for long enough to see results. You know. Yeah, it's a brilliant example, actually. Yeah, so you take you take like we're on about elite athletes, but you take the elite academic, and and PhDs and masters and all this, um, and more so if they've been studying that long, there's a fine chance some of them are going to be overweight and, and not act, not a, not as active as they should be, etc. But you hit the nail on the head there, and that like they know nutrition far better than you and me possibly will ever know it, and they could yeah. they could struggle. Um, you know, a lot with losing weight. And I just wanted to, like, maybe even a, a takeaway message from this podcast and this interview was that, like, when a coach says it's simple and it's easy, on paper it is. It's, it's, it's a simple um, kind of process to understand, to get straight in your head. Yeah. It's a totally, totally different world to implement it and, and to start, particularly for a general population, starting at, at, you know, day one, step one. And to start making these changes, like, and it, again, it was just something that stuck with me, kind of doing research and, and spending some time on social media recently. Um, that kind of mixed, that mixed signal within that 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 message, you know. Yeah, and and that can, I think that can be like you said, like demotivating for people because people are putting across like, oh yeah, it's easy, like just do this, and then they're like, they're kind of struggling to do it. They're wondering why then, and they think nearly. I, like I get a lot of people that will think like they're doing something wrong when they're just, they're not, it's just other, they don't realize how complicated it is, you know? Um, and like when it comes to fat loss or nutrition, it's not just your one hour, you know, three hours a week, like three training sessions. It's every single hour of every single day, you know? And like for a lot of people, it's their, their lives are just not set up in the, in the, the way that kind of, makes it easier it sometimes makes it harder for them you know to actually stick to a diet and make the right decisions and choices and even even our lives i think the way you'd, you'd agree like the way the world is going it's making it harder for people to lose weight you know with the availability of kind of highly palatable foods we're moving less we're stressing more we're sleeping less these are all not good things when it comes to trying to adhere to a diet yeah totally and, and you hit the nail on the head there with those couple of factors Matt, do you reckon on, on the mentioning of those couple of factors, like with social media and with all the information that's out there now, and given that we just said like the actual concept and the idea of weight loss and body fat loss is simplistic, you know, it's seconds away in our pocket if we want to get onto Google, we want to get onto Instagram, there's a million and one profiles, they'll all tell you how to calculate this, calculate that and get it done. Why are we still going in the wrong direction with it as a nation and as a society? I think it's just so, well, there's so many factors in it. Um, but again, I, I, I do think it's a lot to do with lifestyle. Um, you know, the way, the way we're kind of set up. And then, and then like that with knowledge, like all the knowledge is there now, but it's applying it, you know, that seems to be the, the trouble. Yeah, yeah. Do you reckon there's an issue with accountability? Yeah, definitely. I, I think that's a huge thing that people don't, don't realize that you really do i i just believe nearly in anything you want to do you need to have some form of accountability and like i mean i mean accountability to yourself yeah oh yeah to yourself yeah definitely um i i do think as well having a an actual proper why i know that might sound you probably heard before like finding your why but mm. i think you need to have a deeper reason behind like just want to lose a few pounds it's not going to keep you on track on a Friday evening when you're working, you know, there's a load of things offered to you. Uh, you need an actual driver behind that to, to keep 100%. you going, you know. I do believe that people are fearful to, to delve into that why system, you know, or even the, yeah. what's the other one? Is it the, the layer system or the onion system? You know, you keep peeling off the layer and you keep going and why this and why you keep literally back to your point. You keep asking the, the word why. Like, I think we all have a bit of that inside us. There, you know, we all live life, we all have stress, we all have issues, whatever, you know. Um, yeah. And, like, it's grand. You might get into level one or level two on this Y system or this layer system. But, you know, it's people don't like being uncomfortable, you know. Especially, like, you're yeah. meeting a client for the first time. There's a good chance they wouldn't delve into this Y system with, with a family member, never mind. Technically, yeah. you know. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. An interesting one, because you can't. 
you can't actually blame someone for that. Like, I wouldn't mm. open up and, and delve into a few layers deep into my life or issues with a stranger. So I, I, I really can't expect that. And initially, anyway, I mean, my entire coaching yeah. philosophy, particularly with the business, is rapport and relationship with a client. And yeah. like any rapport, relationship or friend, friendship we ever have with anyone takes weeks and months and years. You know what I mean? So I'm very cautious that like I can try and like that, you know, kind of I can try and, and get the person to open up at least at, at maybe entry level and see what we're working mm-hmm. with. And, you know, I mean, I suppose you mentioned sleep and stress and bits and pieces, factors like those earlier. They're far easier to approach. You know, in yeah. by email and people will just mention that that's maybe only, you know, counting how many hours, the quality of sleep, whatever. That, that's r- relatively everyday talk. Um, yeah. that, been, as you say, like, uh, the reason why people aren't um, losing the weight and improving lifestyle, it might, it just might mean that they have to go somewhere kind of mindset-wise and mentality-wise that they don't want to. And that's an instant barrier then, you know. Yeah, but I think as well, like what you said, there's so many different levers that you can pull with in terms of when a client comes to you that you don't need to delve into the why straight away. Um, yeah. And like what you can do is build a relation. Like what I I've uh, have clients where like that, we don't really go near this why stuff for maybe like a year, you know, and it's because because we have so many other things that we can work on that will still improve them from where they are you know and like that it's very if i just like that even on this call if i just start asking you oh yeah like what's your why you know you're gonna be like yeah, yeah. go away like get away yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> you do notice that I, I would completely <laughs> agree i i wouldn't blame anyone for not wanting to sit down straight away you know and do something like that yeah 100 percent. yeah yeah and I, as i say just to kind of bring it full circle i i just i just i just wonder as a society particularly irish society you know, as as adults, you know, is the effort just not there? Do we just not want it enough? To, are, no accountability, you know, are we ha- like, what am I trying to say? Like, I just feel, yeah, I suppose, you know, your, your why system and, and want, like, for, like, if you can get some of the entry-level stuff and some of the basics, right, you can make some serious changes, like, in, in relatively short space of time. And for some, that's even far too much to ask. And it's frustrating. Yeah. Again, I'll be the first to admit it. It's frustrating from a coach's point of view. Like, um, you know that that there's there's just no kind of there's no leeway. There's no there's a lack of effort. There's certainly a lack of accountability. And you you know it's like you know for a better phrase, you kind of want to shake someone up. You know what I mean? And you're like <laughs> you're an adult, and you're telling me you want this. Yeah. Like we, you know, you'll get 110 percent from our side. You're gonna to have to put in, you know, some with 50, 60, 70 percent effort to yeah. try and match, try and match your coach's effort. You know, I think that's um, yeah, it's a really good point. Like you, you need to you need to want to change, and there's a difference between saying you want to and actually really wanting to. Yeah. And like we were saying before, even about with the sustainable methods and patience, you, you need to get kind of buy-in from the person, and but then one of the problems is they're looking for that instant gratification or that, that they don't want patience. You know, if you tell someone, oh yeah, three months, like you're going to be this, they're going to be like, no, what about next week? You know? So yeah, it's, it's yeah, finding yeah. that line where, and, and again, on the other side, you don't want to promise them all oh, like fat loss easy. Look in two weeks. We'll have, you'll be sorted, you know, yeah, so it's finding, yeah. finding that middle ground of where can you get buy-in without kind of talking for you know, without giving them um, things that aren't realistic. Yeah, yeah, I get you. And again, to even I just wanted to pull another one, another thing from your social media there recently. Um, and you said that the things we won't do or that we're not willing to do are likely to be the things that we need to do most. I thought that was really, really good and well written. You know. Yeah, that's um, that was yesterday actually. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, I do find. <laughs> There's a lot, even with clients and talking to people, there's a lot of people who ask questions and you will tell them like exactly what they need to do, but they're not going to do it. You know, that's where, and it's like, it's unfortunate. And I kind of always think I'm like, how can I get them? Do you know, how can I get around them? Or how can I get that light, light to go off in their head that, Mm -hmm. okay, I need to do this, you know? 
Um, so yeah, it's just a funny one. But look, that's the challenge, isn't it? I mean, that's that's coaching in a nutshell. Like the the person, yeah. the person alone. This won't happen for the person alone. They're gonna, you know what I mean. They're gonna it, again. Yeah. It's gone full circle to, to time and patience. But then, of course, they need direction and they need they, they need the accountability as well. You know what I mean? And, and geez, it's great to be to be those factors for someone. But as I yeah. said, the reason I brought it up in the whole in the first place was just I can only speak for kind of maybe local, as in kind of Cork or Munster or, or Irish as a, at, on a bigger level, but just a general census across the society like that there's you know it's almost laziness like our lack of accountability lack of drive and as i say we all want we all we always have wants you know like care a holiday um more money new job weight loss more muscle like there's nobody i'd say the richest man in the world does something else he wants you know it's natural like it's human <laughs> yeah. like, but you they, they, you cannot achieve them and you cannot gain them by not changing and not not trying something not not kind of um, you know not dedicating yourself to something like it just won't it just won't happen that's literally naturally across any aspect of life you know yeah that's what I I always kind of say there's always a trade off between what you want and like if you want like that if you want to be an elite athlete you can't. There's certain things, you, you know, you can't go out every weekend for the rest of your life, uh, not go to train and stuff. You know, mm. there's a trade-off between, it, so the level of results or anything that you want, there's always going to be a trade-off. And you need to be kind of able to understand that, you know. And that's, that's I think that's where a lot of times people don't understand it. They want, they have the wants, but they don't understand that, okay, maybe I'm, there is trade-offs that we have to, to be willing to do. Yeah, sacrifice, like, sacrifice sums up what you're saying, yeah, yeah, you know, there has to be yeah. a level of sacrifice, like, and the thing is, the more, for the people in our own position, and, and the rest of the coaches around Cork and Ireland and Perth and everywhere else, all we're doing is gaining more knowledge and examples and yeah. research and, and you know, trying to, at least, anyway, trying to make it more straightforward, more simple, more manageable for clients, but, like, there has to be a give on the clients, and, I, I, like, I don't want to come across too hard yeah. <laughs> Like, you know what I mean? It might sound that way, but my point is that you know it's like it's like handing out the nutrition plan or the diet. It's not adhered to, and then blaming the diet. Like it's not its fault. Like you know what I mean? There's yeah. absolutely nothing wrong with the diet. Like if you don't if you don't follow it, it's not going to work. Yeah, and we, we can't turn around and, play, and blame the diet. Then you know. Yeah, I think that's the that's like the challenge of it's kind of the art of coaching is in those situations we can be like okay like how what can we do to try to get this to get through to this person you know and like you've probably seen it yourself many times and I think it's one of the the like things that I love about coaching is when even when you're struggling with someone but then that day where you see like something changes it's like the light bulb goes off and it's I think that's one of the most rewarding things that. When you see that and you're like, we've gotten through to the, you know, because again, it does not, it doesn't, this stuff doesn't come naturally to people. Like, it's not like a thing where you just, oh yeah, I'm starting with Jerry. Ever, like, my world's going to change, you know? So I, I do, I think, I think it's great. That's one of the things I love is seeing those changes, especially when it may be a bit more challenging. Yeah, I love that, what you said there, because earlier on, I mentioned the little wins and the little achievements along the way. And like, for me, in my experience, nine out of ten times the client like didn't see the progress. You know, they're buzzing on on day ten of ten when when it's happening. But I'm like, you've you've come as you say, you use the word kind of rewarding and satisfaction, job satisfaction. Like it's it's incredible, it's unreal. You know what I mean? I imagine a GP or a doctor gets it all the time. They, they just fix people all day. <laughs> you know what I mean? They come back <laughs> perfect. Again, it must be one of the most rewarding jobs out there. Maybe I'm I'm not sure, but I know exactly what you mean, and it's very um. You know, maybe testament to to some of the standards of coaching around that, um, and our own, as I say, like that, that we've experienced that. You know, and it's like mm. again, like that's another one even that I bring into our coaching is is reward system. You know, like so yeah. even for each of those wins across the way, and certainly then maybe the shoot or or the you hit your overall weight loss target or whatever, but like reward is as equally as important as as work. You know. Yeah. Um. Definitely. 
would you encourage that kind of with your own clients yeah yeah definitely and it's like that when when we're looking for kind of even setting setting small little tiny goals um having even something i say in my check-in every week is what's a, what's a win this week just your biggest win and it's it's again like even to come back to mindset that's even just reinforcing positive thing and to some people will literally if you didn't make them think about that they will have nothing good to say of their week even though there could be you know and there always is when you look hard enough you will find positive things and big wins yeah and as we said again bringing this the conversation full circle the idea where your your closest five or ten people around you like have no interest in you or not in you but in your fitness journey and and achievements and goals and so, like, as you say, if their check-in is the only kind of conversation about how they're getting on and about their 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 win, as you say, for that week, and that's super positive, and it could be the only conversation they have about it, they, you know, they could have worked their backside off and really yeah. gained, could have been, you know, whatever, lifted heavier or didn't go off track once or whatever is involved. But, like, for all we know, because people, circle of friends and family, don't get involved or don't understand or aren't that supportive again maybe coming back to the, the maybe kind of negativity the negative society maybe in ireland and, and the mentality that checking could be vital to a to a client yeah, yeah that's and that's like and it, it doesn't take much like something i say it like i always have the mentality anytime i do check-ins is it all it takes is like one sentence to change someone's week and that's yeah. what I like any any coaches we have, I, I always say like that's the most important thing. So don't even I'm like they might listen to anything I say, but all it needs is just one sentence that could change their whole perspective, you know. So massively. That I mean that's very powerful. When you put it into that example of, of a of a client and it's their and it's their only even encouragement, you know, or checking literally checking in like the old fashioned just checking in how they're getting on. Um, it, yeah. like for a person who's that, and that's their own. They're working their backside off, and and you know it's a tough grind, but they're getting it done. And and the the only pat on the back is is the Monday morning email. Like that's going to be massive. Like it's huge, very yeah. impactful. You know. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, so that's really good. That's really interesting. I, I really love some of the bits you said there, and um, it's great to kind of see both the similarities and different approaches. For me personally, anyway, with, with kind of hands-on coaching and and. A, a yeah. small bit of online compared to the full the full online fitness yeah. test, you know it's, it's very interesting and, it, and as i say it's kind of even encouraging for myself to hear a coach in your own position with your own experience kind of having similar approaches or coming up against the same obstacles or, or the same reactions to these obstacles you know it's great yeah. to hear it's very it's very reinforceful and stuff um so i'd one more to run past you uh matt it's nearly bedtime here in Ireland, so I will fly through this one. <laughs> but given that you're in Ireland, the one I wanted to um, touch on, you might be able to guess it, is alcohol. Okay. And I'm all for including alcohol in plans or with diets. Um, I think the, the old-fashioned kind of um, conflict of eliminating or removing foods versus just cutting down or reducing <coughs> foods is the approach I take with alcohol. I figure there's absolutely no point in eliminating or removing alcohol to, to a you know, yeah. for a client who drinks or drinks regularly or drinks weekly. But certainly let's look at cutting down, reducing um, different substitutes, different alternatives, you know, like we know it's, yeah. it's been said a million times, you, you totally remove something or what was the fantastic example? You know, you tell a person, don't think of a pink elephant. What are they thinking? <laughs> A pink elephant. So if we say remove alcohol, yeah. all they're doing is trying to get into the affi or the local pub. You know what I mean? Yeah. So for me, that doesn't work. But where where do you sit yourself? Kind of coaching, approaching, coaching approaches to alcohol. Um. So I I like to take a few kind of different approaches. Where definitely when when you're start like when you're starting out, I do like people to limit it. Like you're saying, not. I it doesn't have to be. Um. With, eliminating but it's like you know if you're having four bottles of wine a week let's go for four glasses or one bottle um just because for a lot of people alcohol is a limiting factor in their progress and so that's why i do believe you need to limit it and then over time as you start to build the momentum we can include it more but you and what happens is i think when you do limit it and bring it back in you because you're already making progress 
you, you know, you don't want you don't want that iPal as much, and you don't want to, I suppose, ruin your progress. So, so you see iPal in a different perspective. You know, um, another thing that I do is I try to find people. I think people have different. Some people can have a few and be fine the next day. Others can't do that. They they can't just have a few. So again, it's instead of trying to. I think it's called like abstaining and moderation. So abstaining would be where you just don't, you would not drink, say, and then maybe for say four or five weeks, then have a night out. And that would be an example, whereas moderation might be have your three to four units, whatever, a week. Um, I, I would try to find what actually suits what the person is more sustainable for the person. Because some people just do better off saying, okay, I'm not going to drink for the next month. I have a night out then, that's what I'm going to do. And then others will be able to have a few drinks. And it's really just about finding, I think, what suits the person, what's able, what they're able to adhere to. And like that, if someone is like, oh, I'm going to try and have a few, and then they're over, way over consuming the next day, they're, they're kind of on the couch eating their body weight. That's when I'd be like, okay, look, we tried that. So maybe that's not going to work right now. If we maybe try the, another approach and then bring it back in, in the future, you might be able to, because I know for myself, I'm, I used to be that person where I just wouldn't drink. I then every kind of six weeks I go out for, and I drink pretty heavy. Whereas, and that, that was a few years, say my college days, whereas now I can have a few drinks, you know, once every week if I wanted and I'm fine. That's all. So it's kind of, I've seen that I used to be one way now and this way. So I think, you know, trying to find, see what suits the person best is is a good option. Yeah, that seems to be key to it. It's, it's a great approach that you take there because, and I'm just going to pull you up there on kind of what you mentioned about limiting factor because from my experience, both personally and with clients, um, like if we take this the standard kind of traditional Saturday night um, example, it's the issue lies with Sunday as opposed to Saturday. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, grant, granted, the amount of alcohol consumption on Saturday night itself is where we might look first. As you say, six points is dropped to four points or beer is changed to spirits or whatever it might be, you know, if we can target that initially yeah. first. But like for nine out of 10, if not 10 out of 10 of clients that I've worked with in my experience, the let's call it, the you know, the negative impact on, on their dieting phase or or calorie control is on the, is the following morning like you know what I mean we're yeah. highly dehydrated there's food cravings kind of create the body's craving the salt and the rest of it it's totally dehydrated we're looking for the fry up the kind of fatty food or yeah yeah the fatty foods and into the evening then with the takeaway as I say like it's Sunday's activity tracker and Sunday's nutrition intake is absolutely down the toilet like you know yeah, and that's actually, you, you mentioned there, which is huge. It's not just the food, it's the activity as well. You're getting hit from both sides, you know. You yeah. may be way over-consuming on calories, but you're also so inactive that you're burning way less. So that's, like, in in essence, you could nearly, you could outdo your week, literally, if not more, in that one day, like, you know. Yeah, you could. Like, even on that, in that sentence, just to pick that up, like, that's, you know... I'm using the word, the term damaging, like it's a bit strong, but Jesus, to undo a, a golden week, like, or a perfect week mm. in your hangover, st hungover state on Sunday morning after a decent Saturday night out, like that's so detrimental yeah. to your life. Well, if that happens every week, like four times, you know, four weekends in a month, like that's yeah. great. That's, that's a month's work. Six out of seven days are spot on and you're in still in yeah. square and then a month later, like. Yeah, that's what I always say. I'm like, when you actually look at it, like percentage wise, that's like whatever, 80, 90% of the time you're doing the right things, but that 10% is literally canceling out the other 90. So like even looking at it from, from that, it's like, it doesn't even make sense to do that. Why would you do that? Because, you know, and then it's very, it's demotivating because you essentially feel like you're doing all the right things. You feel like you're dieting, but you're just not seeing the return for it. Yeah, yeah, and it's not even, as I say, it's not even feeling it. You are doing it. If you're doing it six out of seven days, it's not. <laughs> yeah. Physically, you, you showed up in the gym every time or PT and you stayed within your calorie allowance and all the rest of it. And then Saturday night ruined it then, you know. That's uh, an interesting one. It's more, you know, if listeners are trying to maybe a couple of takeaway messages, that's definitely worth considering in terms, you know, we all like to go and enjoy it. But 
the idea is you, you put it very well that like that 10% out, out does 90% in figures on the scale it doesn't 90% doesn't equal 10 but it's the impact <laughs> of that 10 overrides the 90 you know that's crazy like it's yeah. it's forceful stuff and it's worth it's worth noting like and the other the, the only other one I wanted to um, bring up under under the same topic of alcohol Matt is you mentioned there kind of you know an initial kind of entry level approach might be just to kind of have a few you know and cut like mm. six points to four points and stuff but like let me put it to you like are PTs being super are they being realistic when they suggest that to clients you know like in Ireland <laughs> I'm not sure about Perth but in Ireland look they call a spade or a spade Irish or Irish after all you know what I mean alcohol socializing and the link between the two are very very strong in our culture and a huge part of our society and like I, I know a coach has to take kind of a moral ground and has to start somewhere as I say I use the term kind of entry level yeah. and suggest something but like how realistic is it you know what I mean is like I don't know am I wrong to just say it's unrealistic no point or is it still a case of just push the, push the idea look try and get eight points down to six six points down to four yeah, I, I don't know. I think it is unrealistic for certain people because, like, do you know, when if I just take myself when I was in mid-20s, say five years ago, and if you told me, oh, yeah, like, go out but only have four drinks instead of having your full night out, I'd be like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> then I'd be having 15 drinks, like, you know. But, you're having so four drinks while you're considering. That's, that's a PT. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But like you're having so four drinks while you're considering going out, so like that was. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's just something I wanted to run by you, and get your thoughts on. I just I just figured, because it seems unrealistic. That's where I'm coming from, you mm. know. Cut it down there. You're having too much. But like, or even like, let's link it with with, um, a a like confidence and a person trying to maybe attract someone out. You know what I mean. Um, some of yeah. the yeah, whatever in, you know in the in the pub scene or club scene or whatever because um, I was uh, Jesus I was that person for a long time you know kind of have to have a good few drinks on board before you'd go dancing or approach yeah. someone or whatever it might be you know what I mean like it's very likely that the want need and concept of finding a partner or going out and you know on the pool or whatever you might term you might use is far stronger than losing weight for someone so like with that in mind telling them not cut down you know and just have four or just have two or whatever like so you could be banging your head against the wall like you know yeah it it's it's yeah it's a tough one um yeah it's a, it depends on the person i suppose then as well and just see how much again like something that i don't want people to feel is like they, they can't have a life when they're losing weight yeah. So going with the definitely going for me going with the approach of a limit like eliminating or like like oh yeah just you can't go out is you're just like you said we're all big kids if you tell them not to go out what they want to go out more. Yeah. Um, so I think maybe just trying to what I what even what I like to do with people say for the dieting phase is make them aware kind of plan ahead and say look okay twelve weeks how kind of strict can we be maybe you have. To, you know, instead of going out every weekend, is there certain things on that you do want to definitely go to? And then we can plug them into your plans and then let's go, okay, around this, let's try to be a bit, you know, if we know we have, okay, there's a big night out in three weeks time for the, the next two weekends, if we can, you know, at least minimize it or something like that. I think that strategy can work because at least they see they have something to go towards. It's not just a thing of I'm dieting, can't drink, can't do anything. My life is over, you know. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, that that might work a bit better, I think, for people. Yeah, it's a good approach because I've done that in the past. I've actually turned—I not necessarily turned clients away, but I've delayed beginning, which might sound a bit strange to listeners or, or to other coaches. But my point—the approach I took was—we got out the diary or the calendar, and we had a look mm. at what was coming up. And like, if you're starting today on the first, but on the seventh or on the tenth, you know, at a wedding or a thirtieth or whatever it might be. Um, don't get me wrong. We can get we can get started and you know get the shopping in and yeah. get, if you get the first few sessions on and all that. But I was like, my point is that following on from that that event, then if there was a run of four weeks, six weeks, eight weeks with nothing on, like you know we can get mm. the, the the wheels in motion. But let's lock in that time frame. We already know there's yeah. nothing happening. There's kind of no reasons to be 
literally to be to be over consuming alcohol and, and you're unlikely to be out and let's lock in you know the, the hard growing and, and the hard work in that space of time you know and that seemed to work for people because instantly as you say it, it, the ideas and the the concepts of elimination and, and you can't and all this like isn't isn't present and like as you say there like it you have to be very respectful like it's grown it's grown adults we're dealing with like to, to tell them yeah. you can't do something is you can't you can't blame them for having the like if you were then you know who are you to tell me what i can and can you know what i mean i enjoy it i like socializing i'm a single girl i'm a single guy i want to go out so i think coaches need to be very kind of tuned into that and like kind of not tiptoe about it but but again like i suppose maybe it comes natural to to a, a decent coach but there's means and ways around these things like and i think i suppose the the bottom line here is that eliminating it won't work and as a result there's no point in in going that route with it you know it's it's part it's, it's a big part it's certainly a part and it's a big part of a lot of people's lives yeah and, and they're socializing it around it like so to eliminate it is just is just crazy altogether you know but that's even like like that what you said there i've had a good few clients before that even after their questionnaire i, I put in a note saying like okay let's limit say wine to one glass three times a week and they'll come back to me in three weeks and be like, I haven't had a, one glass of wine. I'm like, what do you mean? And they're like, no, I just didn't. I just said, I won't have one. And I haven't had one since. I'm like, but I told you you could have three. See, whereas if I probably said, right, no wine out for the, the foreseeable future, would that have happened? I don't, I don't know. Uh, that's, it's a brilliant example and very interesting in, in the mindset of the whole thing. You know what I mean? You're allowed it, but you know it might hinder progress or slow stuff down and like how many people will with that in mind would go do you know what i don't need it you know whereas yeah. as i say you, you tell the person not to think of the dinosaur the purple dinosaur and they're thing to think of the you know what i mean like so <laughs> it's i guess in theory it, it's a coaching approach you know and, and a kind of a theory that like you if you if you allow freedom and freedom of choice etc it it may lead to to greater progress and, and greater kind of um, results for people. You know what I mean. So for any kind of coaches listening, and maybe that's a takeaway that to to um, you know in, involve the client. You know, yeah, um, they're a massive massive. It's 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 a two. It's a tag team. You know what I mean. It's a, it's coach yeah. and client. There, it can't the coach can't have ninety percent of the say or yeah. of what goes on. You know, the client has to have a huge input to this. They have to have more input. Then the client, you know what I mean? They, or then the coach, the client eventually will have to, like, or even unknowns to themselves will become more accountable to themselves. You know what I mean? They'll become more honest. They'll open up more. They'll make more sacrifice. They'll be more kind of um, dedicated. You know what I mean? So it's important to remember that one, these are kind of adults that we're dealing with. You know what I mean? They're, they're not there to be yeah. told to do as such. Um, and two, that they need to be involved. You know what I mean? They need to be, as I say, like, one-on-one coaching is education so we're educating them on the kind of pros and cons of this and what might happen and what won't happen it might delay you it'll it'll quicken up the process whatever it might be but bottom line the whole like the fact that they signed up with you day one it was their decision and every decision along the way they should have an input into as well you know and that would be my approach to it like yeah definitely just even really it's just empowering them with the tools and strategies to be able to make their own decisions and understand whether it's going to benefit them or not towards their goals, you know? Yeah, 100%, because, like, as you say, four, four week, eight week, six month, 12 month, the coach won't be there forever, like, and, mm. and that's what happens more times than not. So, like, if the, if the client finishes their time of work with the coach and understands and has learned how to implement changes and how to make more kind of maybe conscious decisions themselves. That's the sign of a very, very good coach, you know? Yeah. Um, I just think that's, that's key here. Like it's again, like there's so much information we touched on it earlier that a, a lot of these kind of quotes or, or posts or content is getting a bit cheesy and a bit repetitive and, and Jesus, even as the coach myself, I'm getting a bit mm. eat off with it. You know, it's everywhere. It's every day. <laughs> I don't know if you come to come up against that, but like, I might say, right, I'll do protein today. And then, like, in 10 seconds, I've 100 posts on protein from other coaches, and you're like, they've all seen it, and nobody gives a shit. And, you know, yeah. it's a bit from the coach's point of view, you know what I mean? 
Um, but I, but it's still, uh, I just think there, there's some kind of um, coaching techniques and kind of entry level foundation stuff that that coaches need to really get on board. You know, ever before they go into kind of more, as I say, one of the first things I said to you earlier this evening was that like tracking and macros and all this should be maybe a level above or two or three levels above your entry yeah. level, you know? Um, and I, I, you know, that's where, that's where I am with it. Um, so Matt, I want to wrap this one up. It's been a brilliant uh, conversation. Tell me for list for listeners tuning in Matt's top tip for weight loss. Go. <laughs> Accountability. Be, be accountable to something, someone, yourself, and make sure make sure you have it um, consistently. There, Good it's man. actually proven even in research accountability to increase your chance of success. Good man, yourself. Great answer. And as you say, I love that. Yeah, great answer. Like uh, accountability to yourself first and foremost, I guess for every, for every walk of life. Yeah. You know what I mean? It kind of it kind of has to be has to be done. It has to be present. And then, of course, coming back into our own kind of fitness space, if you need some coaching and if you need some kind of um, assistance and advice along the way to, to try and become accountable to a, a coach and, and have that, that box ticked in, you know. Um, so good answer. Good man yourself. Um, Matt, if people want to find you, they'll need to fly you to Perth. Um, yeah. <laughs> away from that, if they were to tune into uh, Instagram or social media, can, can we find you somewhere? Yeah, so it's all, all my social media is uh, MC Future Fitness. So it's at MC Future Fitness. You'll, you'll find me. Lovely job. Excellent. The web, website as well, sorry, actually, mcfuturefitness.com. So. Fantastic. I'll get them all into the, um, into the show notes for you as well. Um, so listen, thank you very much, sir. I appreciate um, your time and your, um, your expert advice. Um, it's been brilliant. Until the next one, sir. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thanks a million, Jared. I'd like to thank Matt once again for taking the time out of his busy schedule to jump on this podcast and for his excellent input. I'd also like to thank you, the listeners. We really hope you enjoyed it. Please feel free to share and tag the podcast if you enjoyed it, and if possible, leave a review. As always, you can find us at www.jlingpt.ie and across all our social media platforms with the handle at jlingptcentre. Thanks again, guys. Until the next one, cheers.